It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Ten Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Kearns. I had a great intro that was recorded in the first cut of this, which was amazing. Everybody laughed. It was absolutely phenomenal. But I messed up the recording, so we've had to go back and start again. So that's why I sound slightly pissed <laughs> off with the world. Um, and yeah, why well, I'm just going to introduce these guys quickly. It's Andy Harrell okay. and Graham Phyllis. Hi, guys. Because uh, Graham has to get away in a reasonable time. And we're just going to go through the... The Premiership games, like we always do on a Monday, and we're going to try and sound like we haven't already said these <laughs> things before for the first two matches, and start off at Tynecastle. And I, uh, I've written a different joke this time, guys. But um, <laughs> Alan Stubbs was tactically outsmarted by a man on life support. To discuss. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that seems entirely fair. Um, Stephen Naismith fired himself, fired three goals, and got himself a call up to the Scotland team today as well. Uh, which seems entirely reasonable given that he lives near Hamden and uh, there's nobody else. Uh, we have no forwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nobody else in there. Um, Firing a hat trick, which makes him possibly the second best player in Scotland after Stephen Dobby because he got four. Um, so, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hearts were good. Um, again, remains difficult to judge a little bit um, on the basis that St. Mirren look absolutely terrible. Um, again, Alan Stubbs sets up a team which is the game's over by the time it's got to half time again. And it's difficult to try and view that in any other way than Stubbs is not very good at this, is he? Yeah, he moved to a back three and it didn't really seem to to to, to shore up the defence any more than that they have been. No, I don't think his players are very good and that's largely his fault because he's brought most of them in. <laughs> so 
he can't have much longer to go. There's no sign that the St. Mirren are improving at all or taking any of his instructions on, whatever those instructions are. Threatened a wee bit down the flanks at the weekend, but not in any great sort of consistent level. Didn't Hearts weren't really worried particularly. Except by their own defence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I don't know where they go. I think even if they bring someone in, because the players they seem to have are so poor, what a manager can do with them other than just give them a bit of a G up and a bit they might listen to somebody a bit better. Maybe they're actually better than Stubbs is making them look, who knows? Seems, it's, it's looking pretty bleak though. Seems seems entirely possible and again it's it depends how you're gonna how you're gonna play. Um whether I kind of have the, the feeling that Stubbs is a very strong and much like Neil McCann as, a, as we'll get on to later on has a, has a very strong vision in terms of how he wants his team to play and that's fine but also you need to stop losing games of football by half time mm-hmm. like Hearts were out of sight um, and very comfortable at half time and aside from Lee Hodgson firing one into the side net and, and the second half there wasn't a huge amount to offer there, there was not... the Willick chance I think yeah. uh, he chipped the keeper away again I think both of those chances they probably should have picked somebody out in the middle yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah it was slim pickings towards the end or oh, there was also the Alfie Jones chance where he, where he tried to volley it from about four <laughs> yards and missed the ball indeed <laughs> yes but again it doesn't matter because even if they had scored you got the impression that if Hearts wanted to go and get more they would mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm in this sort of Craig Anderson territory here who always gets very upset when teams stop scoring goals because they can't be bothered anymore but I mean, Hearts, you would imagine, could have gone and run up the score in, in yeah. the second half there as well. Um, yeah, Hearts are pretty good. Yeah, a lot of maybe. Po- <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of positives it for them. It could all come crashing yeah, down yeah, yeah, very easily. Yeah. Um, the fact that Mitchell's in there, he is definitely an upgrade on Mulraney, uh, who, <laughs> I mean, most people are an upgrade on Mulraney, to be fair. But I suppose what you can get from Mulraney now is a possible impact player off the bench, somebody that maybe at the end of games can stretch it with his pace. That's a positive. Um, the fact that I guess they've got waiting to strengthen the squad. They've got the newer guys who've done uh, and hearing, getting used to where they're playing, and hearing continues to look very good in the middle of the Another defender signed today as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and Jim coming back as well, which is a big positive. So the signs are very good for Hearts at the moment. There, there's going to be a point when things start to get difficult, and that'll be interesting to see how Levine copes with that and and gets them through it. But at the moment, you know, it's just a nice position to be in for Hearts. There's no pressure on the fact we've had this good start means they've got a bit of leeway when it comes to a bit of a rocky patch later on. But again, even 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 a Hearts rocky patch, you kind of presume they'll still win their home games. Like yeah. a Hearts rocky yeah, yeah, patch yeah. is going three games away from home and not winning them. Yeah. Whereas at home they'll still either be a nothing each or a one each they'll still pick up points and continue to pick up points and I'd like you say about the squad um, as I'll say for the third time now um, <laughs> <laughs> the Hearts squad sort of very steadily over the summer I think we were all quite critical of, of Hearts transfer business mainly because we were all just laughing at Hearts signing Jake Mulraney which to be fair I still stand by yeah. I don't think there's any and even there. the likes of Ryan Edwards as well it was like, yeah. and I think it's been proven that, yeah. uh, that that wasn't a very good signing because they've since upgraded on him yeah. six or seven times <laughs> yeah. and he's yeah. now been loaned out <laughs> but yeah they, a lot of the bodies there suddenly look it looks like a much more balanced and a much more practical squad um, it means that Hearts have an opportunity to... I presume Cat, uh, Cochrane played a lot more last year than he ever intended to. I think Levine said on a couple of occasions that he just played because he's the only one that he knew could play that role in the team. I would imagine that that's now on the basis... Uh, they'll now work so that Cochrane can be protected a little bit more so that he doesn't have to go and play against actual grown men at the age of 16 or 17 
but he can come in and play games where he can still affect the game um, and continue his development there as well. And again, even as much as as much as as I said, we laughed at signing Jake Mulroney. Now it doesn't look as terrible as it does, or as terrible as it did. They've got Hearts now have a series of wide players that can come in and, as you say, come on at the end of games or can, if it's here, Jake Mulroney, go and track that fullback mm-hmm. for. 70 minutes just go and do that run yourself into the ground because he can do that because he is he's a physical guy and he can he's got that sort of pace as well but and then again the, the three attacking players in, in Uche um, Naismith and McLean all seem to be sort of clicking um, even if one one week so for example if, if McLean's no scoring Naismith with well it's not Naismith it'll be Uche it's a sort of three. just so much variety there yeah, between yeah, the three of them as well I think and it's not a variety of three where one of them comes in one week and then is seen two weeks later. It's okay, so we just chuck all three of them on at the meantime <laughs> because all of them are an absolute pest and all of them are more than capable of grafting for the team as well. Right, well, we'll move on to the next game, on to Celtic Park, where uh, yeah, Rangers were brought crashing back down to earth. Um, not so much the result. I think the result maybe flattered them mm. a little bit, but certainly the performance where it was back to the wall for much of it. Uh, and yeah, they just they weren't able to get out for much of the game. And the one occasion where they kind of did, or the one spell in the second half where they did start coming out, uh, they, they 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 conceded the goal, which yep. ultimately won the game for Celtic. Yeah, that was always going to be the tricky thing for Gerard as to how much he attack against the Celtic team. Their weak, Celtic's weakness has been their defence over the past year, certainly. Rangers, I've got a couple of players like Lafferty and Morelos who are capable of causing them problems. But the alternative is that Celtic also have a lot of very good players. And whether it was deliberate that Rangers were so deep for so much of the match, I suspect maybe it was to start with and then they just literally couldn't get out. Yeah. Uh, you get stuck in a rut, players start panicking and it, you know, it was kind of long, aimless balls we were playing. But it didn't work. Uh, I mean, as you say, there was the case that when they did come out, they then broke, um, Celtic scored in the counter-attack. But you also saw later on, once Rangers started pushing for people just a wee bit further up the pitch, they had a wee bit more uh, involvement in the game in an attacking sense. Yeah, and they had that Tavernier chance yeah. where he really probably yeah. should have done better. And Morelos could, as well. Yeah, exactly. He could have shot oh, me. Yeah. He could have squared it. Yeah. He had a couple of players in the centre, yeah. yeah. But I, I, think what, I think what you did see was... And I uh, can I get a Nick Graham's point a wee bit here, so apologies, <laughs> but nobody else heard, heard it. So uh, that when you look at the comparative strengths of the teams, you know, Celtic fans were worried about Rangers going into this, but actually, when you look at it, the defense Rangers' defense is markedly better than it was last season. But the midfield, you know, you look at Ryan Jack has been an okay presence in Scottish Premier League, uh, Premiership for a number of years, but nothing much more than that, really. Kent and Ajari are both, you know, young loan signings who are going to have good games and bad games. Arfield hasn't really got going yet, particularly. Uh, I would have said. And I thought in a defensive sense, he was he was really good in this game. Yeah, I mean, but, you couldn't really give many Rangers players pass marks no. for going forward, but I thought Arfield was very good defensively. And I also think they missed Kulibaly for this game because yeah. he looks like he's been a, he's going to be a key player for them this season yeah. uh, from the early evidence. Anyway, I, I just don't think there was anyone good enough or experienced enough to put their foot in the ball and, and start dictating things mm-hmm. you know you saw Brown and especially Chami was superb doing that for Celtic you know the guys they've got Forrest McGregor Rogic have all been there for ages they're all it's the quietest old fun game yeah. uh, Rogic has yes, ever had yeah. I think and, and that was that was one 
thing that they can take away from it is that they managed to nullify Rogic. He was he was very quiet, mm-hmm. but and Edward as well. Yeah. Although he's kind of just come back from injuries, you don't know how much he, anything, yeah, that. Yeah. But you saw Tierney was still kind of making his mark on the game, even when they were sitting uh, two banks deep. And then, yeah, but then you mark the guy who's been the danger man for years in an old firm game, uh, Rogic. You man mark him out of the game, and then someone like Cham yeah. steps up and runs the show. Yeah, and absolutely, I like Andy saying it. If with Rangers defence and the way they're sitting deep and punting balls long, Celtic's defence can be as 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 bad as it is or as bad as it has been. It doesn't particularly matter um, if Rangers can't break the press and they couldn't. Um, you need a, a, a central. You either need a central midfielder to be able to take the ball, hold it, and step away from players, or alternatively, you need to have a centre forward that can hold it in. And Rangers didn't have either of those things in the game, so it became endless. It became punts, and I thought the comparison between. And Cham and, and Ajaria in the game was the, the sort of startling thing on that, and that ha, even even if in a situation where Rangers were pressing up on top of Celtic's fullbacks and pressing up on top of the defence, if they had the ability to do that, then you still I still get the impression that Cham would be very happy to take the ball there. He's not going to shirk from it. It's not a case of I think the the Rangers midfielders are hiding. I just don't think they're capable of doing it. Yeah, I don't yeah, think they're good enough players. Yeah. Um, and you saw, I thought the goal was a, a good example of both of that in that. And Cham scored the goal and was absolutely deserved at Freak's performance on the day. He was everywhere, all action, all over the pitch, winning the ball, spreading the ball about, tackling, winning the ball, terrific. Ejaria, on the other hand, was caught on the ball a number of times. Um, Again, I am literally repeating myself. But (laughs) (laughs) there was a number that the Celtic looked as if they were well prepared for him and every time he turned on the ball, there was a a Celtic player in his face and they knew where he was going to be almost before he did. And again, it's just because he doesn't have enough quality to be that. It's not that he won't, but at the moment he doesn't. And at the goal, as Celtic broke, it was, I think it was two on two as the ball entered Rangers half. So yeah, it's not great, but in the end, it's not disastrous. When the goal was scored, it was four on two with two defenders and two Rangers yeah, There's a couple of players that stopped. As Yari was yeah. pointed out in the highlights, yeah. uh, in the kind of post-game analysis, yeah. Tavernier is equally, equally guilty. He might not get back in time to stop Cham, no. but he still stops at one point and just waits, basically waits from outside the box to see what's going to happen the rather than busting a gut to get back in there. And you don't know how much of that's just a tiredness. laziness thing or how much of it's they've just been in Russia. In I, would also, I would also chuck uh, Barisic into that pile as well in that as, 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 um, sorry, as, as Rogic wins the ball from Jack, uh, and Forrest takes the ball. Barisic is within six yards of Forrest. By the time you see it in the reverse angle, by the time Incham scores, Barisic is basically just into the Celtic half, whereas Forrest is off celebrating. It's it's fine, and I understand there's tiredness with Rangers there as well. And um, you would maybe expect a little bit more if Rangers had more depth, so they could make more changes to the team. But Barisic wasn't in Russia. Did he play? He's the guy that's brought in the team because he's meant to be fitting and fresher. For him to be as far away from the play as he was, and I understand that Forrest is ludicrously quick at times, and maybe he's not going to catch him. But you've, it's an old fun game. You've got to bust yourself yeah. to get there. Whether you whether you get there or not, it's not a good look that the guy that was six yards away from you yeah, is exactly. literally about forty that's yards away from you. Run past you, yeah. In Ajaria's case, yeah. Um, yeah, and just finally on this game, McGregor had a great game between the sticks. On another day, it could have been. Uh, could have been a, 
a bigger goal margin for Celtic, especially that save that he made that he tipped onto the bar. Um, it was the kind of save that Fotheringham wasn't making during his spell as number one goalkeeper. And um, when Alan McGregor's not punting opposition players in the asshole <laughs> or elbow, elbow splashing, yeah. yeah, elbow sorry, elbow dropping opponents, uh, he's a very good goalkeeper. Yeah, he is. He has been a, one of the big improvements. Yeah. About Rangers this summer, the fact they brought him in and his experience as well. I mean, he's he's made a massive difference uh, in the league and in, especially in the Europa League campaign. Uh, and he will earn them. You know, there's that saying about goalkeepers in the X number of points. I see now he will help them earn a certain number of points over the season. Definitely. Just just before, just very quickly in, in Celtic, I think it is. We don't often actually praise them that much, I would say, but... We just run out of things yeah, to say about them. Yeah, repeating yourself yeah, every I week. Yeah. I do actually think, you know, they're, they're, this was the biggest test they faced in a long time from, from Rangers on paper going yeah. into it. And they stood up to it. You know, there's been... And then some. Yeah, well. there's been, you know, this Celtic and crisis stuff. And there was definitely they had a terrible window. There's definitely been some friction there behind the scenes. The stuff we buy at as well. But they asked, you know, they came out and they they looked like the best team in the league. They, they looked like they wanted to show they were the best team in the league. And I'm, I wouldn't surprise me if Rangers win at least one of the games this season at some point against Celtic. But they just, if if Celtic are on playing like that, Rangers can't get close to them. Yeah, well, I think we did a good job making that sound fresh, guys. Well done. <laughs> We're going to now go on to games that we haven't spoken about yet. I know. <laughs> we'll start at Dens Park, where the post-Stephen Colker era began with a 3-1 <laughs> defeat to Motherwell. Where is Neil McCann getting these players from, guys? <laughs> <laughs> and don't say, I, don't say hearts. <laughs> I, I was uh, thinking about that uh, Kasinga mistaken the shower this morning. I just took it over I, just, I actually felt sorry for the guy. I just thought this is a guy who's this going to really like bad like yeah. I was as well, but I was diamond hard at the time, so that's a different story. Man, the yeah, really. He's bad. trying to slide tackle yeah, to know, stop a cross, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just—it's just one of those. It almost doesn't look like an actual footballer, you know what I mean? Like, it just looks like. <laughs> Some guy they brought he in. He was captain at one point last season. I know, I know. I actually, I actually began to feel sorry for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit as well when Meekins just sort of headed it to nowhere as well in the, the first half. It oh, was just yeah. And then trying to blame the left back. Yes, yeah, but there was no one there for him to. They are. There, there's two teams, uh, just the last kind of reach out to something that I said earlier, but I mentioned a bit of a minute. But, you know, there's there's two teams that are a complete shambles at the moment. That's Dundee and St. Mirren. And everyone else is doing everything they expect to the sort of standard. They look like to me and Hamilton, who, who even when they remain poor, are just their usual poor. Yeah. They're just the same Hamilton that we get every season and we'll pick up wins against Rangers or something <laughs> at some point. And just do enough to stay up. But Dundee and St. Mirren are... An absolute shambles. They're an absolute gang. Yeah, they really are, and a, a lot of that's got to fall on McCann again. You know, it's the same. There's so many similarities between Dundee and St Mirren in terms of players that have been brought in that are poor. The fact that they don't seem to be playing for their manager. The fact that the manager doesn't know what his best team is or how to put them out. I mean, there's just a lot of the same problems, and it's why they're both. Stuck to the bottom of the thing. I, I kind of forget whether I said this about St Mirren or not now. Um, but like both St Mirren <laughs> and Dundee, as you say, are both a shambles and both seem 
had to have managers who have a, a, a great idea of how you should play football. And that's fine if you win games of football, but you don't. Motherwell, Motherwell, on the flip side, know exactly what they are, who they are, know exactly what their strengths are. And what they're going to do is they're going to work harder than you until they win games of football. Which, if Dundee had an ounce of that in them at the moment, they wouldn't be as much of a shambles as they are. Just grafting your way to get points is not something that you should be in any way ashamed of as a manager. Getting absolutely decked up and down football football pitches every Saturday is something that you should be concerned about. And again, it was something that is, it's something that I am fairly chippy about and have stuck to. But it was, uh, it was Rory Deakin last year after Motherwell had beaten Dundee for like the fourth time or the third time that season, and was saying that um, oh we we had all the chances and we had all the possession and all the shots, but. Uh, we didn't win the game. And I oh, fucking did, not <laughs> So I'm waiting for Rory Deacon to come out after Saturday and say, oh, we should have had three points. Oh, maybe you should have had three points, but you fucking don't. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an absolute nonsense. Like, Motherwell have one less league win at Dens than Dundee do since October. Yeah, Motherwell, <laughs> Motherwell have three. Motherwell have three, Dundee have four. Like, fucking hell. Like. Right, before we go uh, rightly give Motherwell some praise, uh, we'll... Um, the, the, the couple of positives for Dundee uh, were uh, Calvin got his first goal, <laughs> uh, but also Calvin Miller when he came on. They really, and, and this is just going by the highlights, they really looked a different team when, uh, or maybe like they looked like they had some attacking impetus. They had a goal threat when Calvin, Calvin Miller came on. Can I just, can I put my prediction in that? At some point, uh, somebody in the, the advanced stats community is going to write an article about how Calvin Miller is the best winger in the league. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm putting out there as a prediction just now. He's going to be the, the diamond in the, the rough next Yeah, the, the, the next the, Darlin of the stats guys. Yeah, the next Darlin of the stats guys is going to be Calvin Miller. And whether he is or isn't, and again, this is not a criticism of you guys. What you do is very interesting, but he's just going to stand out there as a, as a guy at Dundee because he's the only player at Dundee that can put a cross in. Um, and I'm sure Neil McCann will batter that out of him sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, Dundee are fucking terrible. Um, but there was that chat as well, and I haven't seen it. I don't know if I actually I didn't see it in the coverage I saw, but in terms of Lewis Spencer, this head knock and yeah, can force yeah, that's back an interesting on. one. So the yeah, so it's been claimed that um, he was clearly concussed and went yeah. off, and the physio said that he should come off or the doctor. I don't know if that's one and the same thing. Yeah. I think it might be the doctor that was mentioned at the time. Signal to the bench that he needed to come off. Um, and they had already made all their subs, and McCann just told him to go back on, basically, and he went on and finished the game, which, yeah, if that's true, then that's 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 awful if uh, McCann's yeah. putting his career before the safety yeah. of, uh, of I mean, an individual. It's literally an issue of life and death. If he is concussed and takes another blow to the head, he there's a there's a yeah. chance he will die. Yeah, exactly. It's, Unless he's Christoph better. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's the idea that it's, I mean, it's just football, lads. Like, fundamentally, it's just football. No, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't at all. Um the um, and the thing about it is that whether whether it did or didn't happen is obviously I haven't seen it and it's mm-hmm. just that's what was said yeah. by kind of people at the game. But the fact that you could sort of, given how mechanics been over the last few while, it, it went straight as a complete surprise that he's done that because he doesn't seem to have a great deal of empathy for uh, the people around him from the outside looking in. And that's obviously as I say, mm-hmm. not saying that it actually happened, but. You could you could see that being the being the case. If it's the case, then it's awful. Yeah. It really is. And um, we should really talk about Motherwell, though. Um, it looked like it was another great performance from Bigger Amana, yeah. who yeah, it's taken a while to find his feet in this Motherwell team. But that said, 
two games in a row he's played very well. Uh, I, I enjoyed. <laughs> there was a there was a Motherwell fan today on on Pie and Bovro highlighting that bigger mana is uh, he's filling out a Lionel Ainsworth shaped hole in his heart, which I can fully got on board with. Just the idea that, but finally we found somebody else to replace the mercurial brilliance of uh, of Lionel Ainsworth, and if he can do that more than once every sort of six games, that would be absolutely <laughs> perfect as well. And in addition to that as well. For me, uh, Danny Johnson is filling a, a, a sort of mercurial Turkish centre forward <laughs> hole in my heart, which I really do feel that, we, that Motherwell have been desperately missing since the start of this season. But uh, Johnson, again, on the score sheet, again, as I say, once again, who looks like a like a real a real sort of find for Motherwell. I was, as I said at the start of the season, I was... I was Thinking he might struggle a little bit this year just with the, the step up in level, but he he's only sort of playing an hour and seventy minutes a game, but he looks absolutely terrific. He's perfectly comfortable. He's back to goal. He's taking people on. He's throwing legs and, and scoring the goals that I expected him to score as well. He's his his Y scout search highlighted that he scored about three hundred goals last season from within the six yard box. So if he keeps doing that, bang. Is he taking the pressure off him in a wee bit as well? Yes. Because Maine hasn't been scoring, so the fact that Johnson is, nobody's really mentioning about the fact that Maine hasn't yet. Yeah, and Robinson said that very clearly that he was looking for a goal scorer, which at that point last year um, looked a bit funny because we had Maine who'd scored a whole bunch of goals and looked terrific, but I think what we're seeing is a sort of regression to the mean um, for Curtis Maine. I think he'll still score goals, but I think he's, again, he's part of the system rather than being the, the, the guy within it. Um, but suddenly, again, much like Hearts, with Motherwell having Bowman back, the striking options all look like they make a bit more sense. Um, the with Bigger Mana being back in the fold as well in midfield, with Tanner coming back around about Christmas and, and done the same. There are not. There, it suddenly looks like there are enough bodies there for Motherwell. There's there's ways in which they can change the game. Players are a little bit different from one another, and it's it's certainly more inspiring than a, than a Andy Rose, Alan Campbell, and Carl McHugh midfielders. Still struggling to. Get anybody better than moving Tate over to the left wing back <laughs> position? That. No, that totally, to totally. But again, again, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty yeah. good out there. Don't get me wrong, but he's um, he's on his unnatural side, and it just seems like you've tried a few different yeah. options. You can't get anybody better. It's, it's, uh, than it's funny. Tate it's funny as well because Robinson always has his, his thing about how earning the right to play, and now there's now there's like an actual visual cue for it. Because essentially we've earned the right to play at the point that Elliot Freer comes onto the pitch and he goes, right, that's fine, we've battled them yeah. enough. <laughs> Elliot Freer goes on and make the goals. And again, Freer, hopefully, um, I kind of, I would, I'd reached the point where I was kind of, I thought, I, th- I felt like I kind of had enough of him and that he just wasn't contributing. The last two games now, though, he's come on, the, come on and really added to the, really added to the team going forward. He's taking on fullbacks and looks like he's full of confidence again. Which, if he can do that, he he'll be a really big player for us. Right, well, another team that's looking full of confidence, or a team that's looking full of confidence, I should have said, is uh, Livingston, who um, that's two wins in a row since Gary Holt came in. Not only that, they came back from a goal down in the second half uh, against uh, what everybody seems to think is well, what is a very impressive Hibs team. I know they've not, they've kind of, their form's dipped slightly since... Um, uh, the end of last season and the beginning of this season they started very well but uh, yeah I mean that's a very good Hibs team and it's a very impressive result to come from behind against them and the goal was a good sort of a play for Hibs that was the impressive thing that Livingston dominated the vast majority of the game and they just you know 
guys like Byrne and Pittman who scored and they were both really great goals are stepping up. It's, it's one of those really nice examples and it happened to Livingston in the Championship as well. But guys who have been at a certain level for a long period of time realising that actually we can also do this at the next level. They've got another level to go to. We, um, you know, Pittman was one of those cases of he had the potential to, and it was going to be interesting this season to see whether or not he yeah. was going to look like a really good midfield player in the Premiership, or if he was purely good Championship level. But you know, he's been excellent for Livingston so far. He was playing at Bowness in twenty fourteen. Like yeah. it wasn't that long ago that he was yeah. doing that. So the the fact that you know, and it seems to be the case with a lot of those guys at Livingston is that they've come in, they've kind of screwed their heads, they're. They're committed Some, to the a kind of team performance as well, but the, but they're just working a level above what they're everyone we kind of expect them to. Some, be someone, them. Someone's taking a chance on them when yeah. nobody else will, and it seems to be really instilled within them. And under Holt, it looks. I mean, it's, it's not that players looked miserable and, and terribly unhappy under Miller, but just nobody looked as comfortable as they do now. Um, so what two games um, with, with Holt as manager now, and they seem to have returned to what they were last season. And again, it's not something that. No, I mean, it's a criticism in any way at all. Like if 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 Motherwell are the the gold standard of Hamilton bastards, then Livingston can very comfortably be, be the a silver. hybrid of Hamilton and Motherwell. Yeah. I think uh, they're very much eat Motherwell style in a, yeah. in a lot of ways, uh, as in kind of earning the right yeah, to yeah. play before they do play. Um, but it's all, it's all just, built on just being absolutely rock solid yeah and just these well. very unfashionable players or left field signings out of nowhere like the yeah. guy Menga came in and yeah. from the highlights he, look, he looked like he's got something about him uh, they had Steve Lawson Tong, they're both uh, they're both uh, Togolese aren't they Togolese Togolese and then you get players like you've talked about like Pittman who weren't sure whether he was going to make the step up or not Sean Burns started yeah. this season very very well and I mean you could see Sean Burns fitting into that Aki's midfield yeah. no bother and, and doing exactly what uh, Aki's central midfielders do so yeah I don't know look at I mean people probably said this about them at this point last season but yeah. they're probably not going to sustain it <laughs> and but, it, um, like, like you see with Bond as well though, I mean, they, they are they are absolute grafters and they're working but, and it's, it's dead easy to say it, but again Bond showed abs- nothing but quality with his goal as well oh, yeah, it was sending, sending Malin and uh, Boil for a hot dog each, and um, before thundering <laughs> it in, I thought it was absolutely smash. It was an absolutely smashing goal, and thoroughly, thoroughly deserved for but it. We spoke well. about it on our um, on our WhatsApp group um, just when the transfer in the middle of the transfer window when Livingston were making all these signings, and everybody was saying the same thing that they were very uninspiring signings. They were all mm-hmm. very much kind of like. Uh, championship yeah. level signs they were making and it didn't look and, and that's why I kind of compare them to Hamilton in a sense yeah. because every season for the last few years you've looked at who Hamilton have brought in and you thought they just can't survive with that squad yeah. but then somehow they do and yeah so I just feel like uh, yeah very much in the style that they play it reminds me of Motherwell yeah. uh, the squad they put together is very much like Hamilton yeah. I, wonder, I wonder whether it's that sort of I always think the idea of sort of you look, you look at players on solely on an ability basis but then Obviously, if you're working with them day to day, you spend an awful lot more time judging a player's character and understanding who a player is and what sort of person they are. And again, that's something which you see very firmly throughout all the Motherwell signings. They all have a very specific... Again, it's something difficult to put a finger on, um, but they all have the same sort of mentality of this is what we all work together, we work collectively, we all win together, we all win collectively. There's not a star here. Last year we had Molt, again he was a star, but again the, the way in which he led from the front was that. 
and Livingston, you get that feeling as well. There's, there's not a star there, but every single one of them is lifting each other to be a better player. Um, on the other hand, Stephen Whitaker in the Hibs midfield. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is one of the points yeah. I was going to bring up. Is um, Obviously, Hibs were a very good team last season. Um, the squad they've gone into this season, I mean, they've lost a couple of key players, but they seem to have signed pretty well. But when you're starting with uh, Lewis Allen up front, who may very well go on to be a, a good player, um, and you've and they've brought, brought in Milligan, so I suppose Milligan kind of explains uh, Milligan still not being available explains why Whitaker's in the midfield. But there are a couple of points in that team where you think they're looking a little bit thin, especially yeah. up front. I mean, Camberry's injured as well, but uh, yeah, the, the squad's looking a little bit thin. I mean, we're talking about you were comparing some, you were talking about Hearts' squad earlier, yeah. and uh, even if you were to take a few players out of that team at the moment, there's still quite a lot of decent depth there. Whereas Hibs, they do seem to be a little bit thin outside yeah. the, 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 I don't know, twelve or fourteen or fifteen players or something. Yeah, yeah the, the way that Lennon set them up was, I don't think actually suited the players that they've currently no, got available. So they, they playing a three-five-two, they've got. You know, they've got a young guy in Porteous uh, alongside Ambrose and Hamlet at the back. So you're, you don't need to play Porteous all the time now as part of a 3-5-2. You can bring him in as part of a 4-4-2 when you want to rotate a bit. And, but the main problem that you kind of touched upon is in the middle. The fact that they're having to use Whitaker in the centre of midfield. The fact that Horgan's playing in the centre of midfield. Horgan looks like a really good wide player who's capable of coming yeah. inside. But he looks like he's, he's got the potential to be one of the best players in the league yeah, as well. Yeah, the way he's yeah, yeah, he, he looks phenomenal as well. But, but you're stifling him if you're playing him in the middle of the pitch. That's not yeah. where he seems to be he's best. He's moved to wing back later on. Yeah, but, uh, that's yeah. when the kind of game and, started to turn there. And Boyle, they play Boyle as a wing back and that nullified him a bit because you've not the... Livingston defence don't have to worry about somebody overlapping and him cutting inside or whatever all they have to do is focus on Boyle yeah. and they can double up on him so it nullified him as well and then up front you're obviously like you say using a, a young guy and Ollie Shaw came on as well so maybe when they get Milligan in and maybe they get Camberry in that will obviously make a difference but I don't think Lennon's necessarily using the players that he's currently got to their best, yeah. yeah. As well as that, I think I thought I mean, Alan, from what I gather, is kind of a, more sort of a target man striker as opposed to McLaren or Camberry, and he's he's young, youngish player starting him as a as a, as a target man and playing his back to goal when you've got on the other side of the ball you've got Gallagher, Halkett, and Lithgow. You've got a young guy who's learning how to be a centre forward, and then you get those three. They looked and it's looking at the highlights. They looked like they were eating him alive. Just absolutely dominating him in the air. Every every time he went, he was going to win it. One of them was in his shoulder. Again, Halkett is I th- Halkett for me is one of the one of the best centre halves in the league. I think he's absolutely terrific. And again, it's 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 very much pushing it. Um, but if he continues his form in the way that he is, does Halkett and other sort of does he at any point enter the, the, the discussion for who can be a Scotland centre half? Because um, he. The other Lithgow and Gallagher do fine in there, uh, and the rest of the the Levy defence do well. But it's all dependent on Halkett, and that's that's why he's Levy captain because he's a guy. He's he's a leader within it as well, and he's a, just an absolutely fantastic player. Deserves vastly more credit than he is. And again, as I say, maybe if he continues that, he gets 
gets a look at it. Probably not because he's a Livingston player. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the 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 brutal Livingston to sexy St Johnston, who one two one at New Douglas Park or whatever the fuck they're called, <laughs> on some cannabis oil. Uh, the Ganja Arena. The Ganja Arena. Um, and yeah, uh, St Johnston continued to impress after that very weird opening day where they played. Um, yeah. Kilmarnock like they were playing against Barcelona <laughs> or something. Um, since then, they've come out a bit. They've uh, let their they've let their two wingers play on the attack rather than play as auxiliary <laughs> fullbacks, and uh, they've looked great. They looked great again. Tony Watt um, again looked great. I think he's been for my money he's been better than any Hearts player this season so far, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that'll be made clear soon what that's about. <laughs> But uh, that ball he put in at the end, I can't remember who it was for. Was it for McMillan or something? Uh, it was an yeah, absolutely cracking ball. Yeah. They missed a couple of sitters, and St Johnston really should have won this game by more than more than a goal. It's, it was actually I was looking at it, and again, not to not to be critical or sound like I'm being negative, St Johnston. It's a big three points for them. Um, as the the next run of games they have is horrible, and they've got Aberdeen, uh, where they lost three times last year. They play Rangers and Hearts away, and then they play Celtic at home as well. So. So you mean again. after they play Aberdeen? Because Aberdeen are pish. Uh, again, they, they, took, they, they conceded 10 goals to Aberdeen last year. So yeah, <laughs> okay, it's, yeah. it's, uh, they seem to have a bit of a, a, bit of a hoodoo over them last it's year. So did Kelly. Very true. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's a big result for them and a, a point where they're going to go in a difficult run of games to go out and win a game when you're going to spend the next three or four possibly on the on the defensive is a, is a big step for yeah. them as well. And again, Good results. Yeah, I think result. we I think we saw a performance from Blair Alston, which was a direct result of Danny Swanson being signed the day before. <laughs> I think he looked good in a way that he hasn't necessarily done for uh, for St Johnson so far. The fact that he's maybe not as good a he's not really that effective as a number ten in there. He doesn't. He's not yeah. that much of a creator, but. He looked. He had a good game at the weekend. He had a few decent chances, including he obviously scored. I mean, the, the goal. I, I actually loved that goal. <laughs> that first goal that St. Johnson scored. The diving, the diving <laughs> header is. It's a beautiful angle for it as well. It's so. Is it McMillan? McMillan does a diving header. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, I think mm. possibly. It was. Oh, it was so ugly. There were so <laughs> many deflections and legs everywhere. It was. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, for Hamilton, I mean, it's a. It's a pretty poor loss, isn't it? They've got those. They've signed four guys in the last day of the, the transfer window, so we know a bit about some of them. But I don't know how much they'll improve the first eleven. They might improve the squad possibly, but I mean, is it going to improve the squad? Is it not going to improve the squad? They may it improve the squad for three weeks and then be released. <laughs> possibly <laughs> every chance. It's just it's impossible. To, it's just. I was. Um, I mean, their their level was St Mirren on points, but it, for some reason, it doesn't. You don't feel as worried been, about them. They're there every time. It and plus, yeah. I think St Mirren, St Mirren got their three points against Dundee, and yeah, I think that reflects yeah. more on Dundee than it does on Jack St. Hamilton. Jack Hamilton <laughs> tripping over that football uh, yeah. ball. Um, yeah, I just. I mean, Aki's. I say the turnover of player Aki's every year is is high. <laughs> um, but just the, the difference between so they played St Johnston roughly this time last year um, maybe a couple of weeks later but the, the difference in the, in the midfield from last year to this year is is quite startling on the basis that last year they had Doherty, McKinnon, um, Emery with one less year on the clock uh, Ali Crawford and Donati in there as well and this year 
not quite as good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Tom Tybo, um, who got hooked at half time because he was chasing shadows. Um, yeah, yeah, Boyd was dropped back in there as well. I think he started just off the front man last week and he was dropped back into centre yeah. midfield for this one. Yeah, you're totally right. But I think the same was said after January. Yeah, again, with all at 11 and Ferguson appeared and yeah, he became the, the, the guy in the midfield. A completely different midfield three after after the January transfer window and yeah. then somehow, yeah, like they always do, they, they manage to stay up. Yeah, again, I mean, it's Rakesh Bingham will continue to score a goal every, so, every, every <laughs> yeah. few weeks and Aki's will stay up. Whether it's in the playoffs or not, I don't know, but Aki's will stay up because it's Marin. Yeah. I did, <laughs> just, just, just as a last thing, I did really enjoy... Uh, Chris Kane's effort. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, That's this year. I thought this year might be the year that Chris Kane makes that big fall the same as every other year, but no, it's not, is it? Yeah. There's um, an even better one, and we might talk about uh, Aloha and the Patreon, but um, there's an even better one in their highlights where Doherty, the right back, he tr- a corner's chipped out to him at the edge of the box, and he tries a volley. <laughs> it goes out for a throw. It's an absolute beauty. <laughs> Um, right, we've got one game to go, um, and Kilmarnock got their first win ever against Aberdeen. <laughs> um, <laughs> they helped to the Obviously, there was the early red card, which we'll talk about. But I think we should start off on this game by talking about the two goals because there were two absolutely fantastic goals. I'm not having the that it wasn't a free kick. For Doesn't I know count. they were protesting, but uh, you can't take the player down and then get a yeah. touch on the ball 30 seconds later and like say, it's I got the ball. The slide tackles, you know that video that Saul Campbell in where he slides across the pitch, he's so wet, he goes <laughs> yeah. out like down yeah. the tunnel. Yeah. It was like that, have you got like, rollers in the back of your shorts or something? How oh, you what a finish. He put yes, it into yeah. the inside side netting, uh, curled it in, it was a beauty... Did the wolf? Did the wolf? And then the Greg Stewart one. Greg Stewart, who did fuck all at Petardry last <laughs> season, he actually scored a similar goal without the getting the ball. He scored at uh, New Douglas Park last season. Scored, I think it might have been the only goal he scored for Aberdeen last season, where he kind of chipped over the keeper in a similar way. This one was even better because he gets the ball in the centre circle and he spins the defender and, uh, and it had a had a classic Pat Nevin turn in it as well, which I really enjoyed. I was just running round in a full circle. Yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs> then off we go yeah it was a, an absolutely smashing goal and yeah, two goals which deserved to win a game more than anything else I, I, really, I really liked as well that Brophy was the focal point Like I think he's always been kind of overshadowed by Boyd certainly and then at Hamilton he wasn't nobody really overshadows anyone at Hamilton but nobody also <laughs> it's a midfield that stand out at Hamilton so yeah. the fact that he, he was involved in absolutely everything uh, in the game he was involved obviously in the uh, sending off at the start but the free kick he had a number of chances and he seemed to be enjoying the fact that he was the kind of main striker with Stuart just coming in he was the, the kind of main focal point for that team and he seemed to enjoy it and I think it's really good to see him doing that he had a really good season last season but he seems like he can build on it it always seemed like it was off yeah. somebody I was yeah. going to say that it's, it's kind of funny seeing I just instinctively presume Chris Boyd's playing for Kilmarnock. Yeah. Just like, well, Chris Boyd will. No. Um, and, and again, I hadn't, I, I was sitting, sitting down and watched the sports scene uh, last night and broke through with Stuart Offer. And again, Stuart's really giving Kilmarnock just a, a different way to play. Um, I think Craig had mentioned it um, earlier on in the season that teams are just doubling up on Jones. And with Jones being doubled up on in, in there as well, it's, it's a bit more difficult for Kilmarnock to play in the same way that they were last year because teams have not found them out but just they're a bit more restricted in what they can do 
Um, so as you say with Brophy and there instead of Boyd, it's just a different animal to try yeah. and to try and defend against. And then Stewart is somebody who's going to drop off him and play. I just feel on. like that Stewart is clearly a good player who's kind of lost his way a little yeah, bit. He, he, he admitted yeah. himself he wasn't. Um, <laughs> he wasn't like, fit. Aberdeen last year. He just, to be honest, I couldn't really be. He enjoyed his holiday too much. <laughs> he enjoyed his summer yeah. too much. He said, and then I think he, Dundee had the nickname Greg Stewart. Yeah. I bet you just he's, he's obviously a very good player in there, especially yeah. in this division. He's uh, he's had two seasons in a row where he's been uh, nominated for Player of the Year, and he's got double figures in both goals and assists. And with a coach like. Steve Clark is one of the best coaches in the league. I mean, that's just that's just a recipe for success, isn't it? I mean, he's obviously he's probably the best place to get the the best out of him in this division. So I just think it's I think it's a great signing for Kilmarnock, and I think there's more of that to come from him. I mean, Kilmarnock are an exciting team. To what there's there's a lot of good exciting players in there as well, and it is. As you said, we're going to go on the red card, but it does seem a bit of a blow that the game was very much turned on that, because then after that, it's a case of Aberdeen trying not to lose the game. Aye, it's difficult to know how Aberdeen would have done then, because, yeah, I think Aberdeen, I mean, personally, I don't think Aberdeen look as good this season. I think they're going to struggle with, with Hearts looking better. I, probably, I think Hibs will probably sort themselves out um, eventually, and... No, oh, sorry, I didn't mean that as a dig. I know that comes across as a dig. I just mean like they're in a little bit of a lull at the moment. And I think when they get Canberra in that back, I think they will be a strong team again. Rangers are going to be better uh, come the end of the season, I think, as well. Uh, and I think Aberdeen, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they were to drop down a couple of positions. But the, yeah, the red card, um, I mean, there's question marks about whether Brophy's fouled Devlin before... Uh, he's returned the favour and there's question marks about whether it should be a red card when he's 40 yards from goal and there's possibly a covering defender. I did think it was a red card just because I, th- I thought it was so soft in terms of the contact between Devlin and Brophy. There didn't seem a lot in it and there did seem to be a bit of 50-50. The, what Brophy's been smart is that he's managed to get the past side, Devlin yeah. and that's what's ultimately done for him. But... Yeah, I thought it was pretty harsh to do it. I don't, I don't think anyone would have complained if he'd booked him for it. I mean, it's okay, so it's four minutes into the game. He's turned you fair enough, you pulled him down that far out. If he'd booked him, no one would have noticed. No one would have been calling for a red card. It's one of those ones which, if you're in the stand and you've come up from Kilmarnock that morning and you've had a few cans, you might at the time be convinced it's a red card, but then you get home and watch sports scene the next day Nah, that's not a red card. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Clark even said after the game, and I don't know whether he'd watched the back or not, but he said after the game that he would have been disappointed if he was Derek mm. McInnes in that decision. Well, he remains disappointed from the previous <laughs> weeks. So I think that's probably fair enough, and he's probably got a lot of empathy there. Right. Um, but but yeah, you know, like I say, if, if the Dicker one's a red card, then he's not yeah. a red card as well. But yeah, that's, I like that's how, not how you judge things, though, I, is it? I like how Morelos and um, Dicker are now barometers for every <laughs> other every other decision. Yes. So the Alan McGregor one is now not a red card when he punted Ayer in the asshole it's yeah. not it's not a red card because Morelos has rescinded yeah. and then any every, every tackle worse than Gary Dicker's uh, has to be a red card now correct <laughs> anything, anything else to add from this uh, just to add, uh, just, Jamie McDonald's great save as well yeah. um, more than anything because it was right next to the, the sound mic so you got that cracking clap sound as he got yeah. it and he was, Pammed it over. I thought it was a, a, it was seemed very understated in every bit of coverage I've seen, but I thought it was a terrific save. Yeah, and Aberdeen are struggling a bit with injuries just now. 
Yeah, I don't know where it went. Well, well, yeah, yeah, it has. I mean, they've lost. Well, Hoban is gone now because he got injured and he's out. But for he a was injury months. prone when yeah, they signed him, supposedly. Yeah. And then McKenna, Reynolds obviously out. McKenna's unlucky, yeah, because that's just one of those things that can happen on those pesky grass pitches. <laughs> um, and Devlin's obviously suspended now. So, yeah, I mean, they're no doubt that Dominic Ball and Andy Considine is their, their centre half. Yeah, they're not finishing second, are they? <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's not there for the rest of the season, right? They don't have to play, they don't have to play Dom Ball every game. Of course, Devlin's going to be out for, was it, is it two games yeah, that yeah, Devlin will be out for? So, I mean. I'll be sure that'll be a done appeal. Uh, you or, of course, unless they appeal it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although Dicker didn't help him, did it? Didn't help Dicker at all. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't suggesting that that was their defence for the rest of the season. <laughs> I was just making the point. No, it's just about a, a, a week, a week five. You've got to pick your defence, and that's what it is until the end of time. Yeah, that's it. Like a guy that they bought to be a backup central midfielder and their left back is yeah. going to be their centre defence for their next game. Yeah. Well, unless again, unless Devlin uh, comes back because uh, on appeal. Anyway, any other business, guys? Not at all. We're going to leave it there because Graham needs to go. Thanks for um, thanks for letting me re-record it, Graham. I really <laughs> appreciate it. I, You're all uh, welcome. I messed up. I messed up. We had to repeat ourselves numerous times, but I think we did a good job. We are going to go do the Patreon now. Although I think Graham's going to go, and just Andy and I are going to do the um, the winners and losers for the lower leagues. Um, you can get us in all the usual places and you can email us and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to listen to the Patreon and you aren't already subscribed, then it's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast we'll see you there say bye guys bye sports social podcast network it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.